is the Cool Kids Film Club Podcast. Watch films with us. There's some jazz music playing in the background with jiving Gavin. Just a little nod tapping. Nod tapping. That's a thing. That's what the cool kids say. Welcome to the Cool Kids Film Club podcast. Uh, we're still not cool, or at least I'm not. Are you cool, Gavin? No. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really expect much to change over a week. It's not like you can just grow into it, is it? No, it doesn't come with age. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, just like last week, uh, I am Trevor. I'm in charge around here. And this, as always, as last week, as this week, as next week, hopefully, this is Gavin Wright. Gavin Wright, say hi! Hello. Indeed. How are you, Gavin? I'm okay. How are you? I'm splendid. I can't really argue. Uh, I won the lottery earlier. All right. How much? All of it. Every single penny. All of it. It's mine now. You can finally pay back that money you owe me then. Don't be silly. Uh, Anyway, right. So, this week is the second week of the film club since we've changed the format. Just doing one film a week still. And the film this week is... Dun, dun, dun. That one. Soul. Uh, it's the 2020 film by Pixar. Gavin, do you have any info on the director, etc.? Well, it stars uh, Jamie Foxx, probably best known for Tarantino's uh, Django Unchained. And uh, directed by... Of course, my thing isn't loading at all now by Pete Doctor, who also did Inside Out and Up and Monsters Inc. He's a Pixar man. Hmm, fair enough. Um, one thing I noticed about this movie, getting all political, uh, this is the first Pixar movie featuring a black lead actor. So it's quite. Did you not know that? No, I didn't. Isn't is Moana a Pixar film? Disney, I believe. Oh. Mm, first Pixar, officially. Oh, I don't think I said who chose this movie. This movie was chosen by a man that was born halfway up a mountain, Stephen Hooper. Ooh. There you go. All right, last week, we didn't really point out about spoilers until we were about halfway through. Uh, we have seen the films we're going to be discussing the film in quite detail uh, including the end so if you've not seen the film go away you're not welcome yeah. can they come back once they watch it or yeah they're, they're all right then okay well um, um so if you haven't seen it go watch it come back um do you want to give a brief synopsis sure yeah it's uh, about a musician and uh He's uh, trying to get his big break, but he seems to be stuck in a, I wouldn't say dead-end job, but he's teaching music. And then one day he falls down a hole and he dies and uh, goes to the afterlife. And he's got to try and help a soul back to Earth. How much about the general story did you know before watching it? Did you see any trailers or anything? Uh, I first watched it when it first came out and... uh, I don't think I'd seen anything about it, no. I think I've just seen the poster, really, about it. 
I hadn't even seen that. Uh, like literally, when you click into it and then go in, I had seen nothing about it. I wasn't even expecting him to die when he fell down the hole. Wasn't expecting it. I noticed something about this one that made me realise something about Pixar as a whole. It's like uh, they seem to have like a mould where it seems to always be two characters on some kind of adventure, like Toy Story. You got Wood and Buzzy. Inside Out, it's Wood and, Wood and who? Finding Nemo is Dory and Marlin. This one we've got Joe and Twenty Two. They've got their their niche there. Their uh, return, like returning feature. Would you say that's a bad thing? Not really. It's something I'd never even noticed until this one. It just kind of hit me. And usually, like, what they're two different things. Obviously, you've got Wally as well with Wally and Eve. Well, it couldn't just be one person without anyone to talk to. That would be a bit boring. Monsters Inc., Sully and the other lad. Yeah. But, I mean, having two allows you to get to know each of them perfectly and have enough screen time for them both to have their own individual stories and things going on. It's arguable, which this is much later on in my notes, but I'll say it now, fuck it. I told myself I'd try not to swear in this one. It's a kid's film. Well, is it? That's another thing we can debate. Um, but, <laughs> well, what's that face for? Would you say it's definitely 100% a kid's film? Of course it is. Really? Yeah. Okay, we'll get into that later. Um, what was I saying? Is it a bad thing with two people? Oh, yes, the two characters. So, if this wasn't Pixar's first movie with a black character, lead character, I would make the argument that this film is mostly about Soul, Soul 22. Um. I think they probably got quite equal measure because I mean the film there's a lot of themes going on but the film as a whole is based around him it's him who goes there it's him who attempts to guide 22 mm. the but the fact of the darker themes and the much more serious themes which is why I would argue it's not necessarily a kids movie um, the depression, the, the self-worth, etc. that Soul 22 is going through, those seem to be what the film is centred around. And she is the main embodiment of that. Well, I think he's got as much as, of that as she does, really. I mean, he's on Earth and kind of, in his eyes, at least wasting it, whereas she can't get onto Earth. Doesn't want to. Initially, yeah, doesn't want to, and I suppose I mean that's when uh, when they she gets on Earth. That's where kind of the roles reverse a little, and he's just becoming one-minded about something, whereas she's enjoying life as a whole. He was a bit of a turd for a lot of the movie, I thought as well. I mean, there's, there's a little clip in the film where. Uh, Richard Iwadi's character is sending, I think it was his, it might have been somebody else's actually, but sending a load of the souls to, oh, uh, you, you lot are going to be self-absorbed. Oh, there's a lot of you. And then, I mean, Joe is quite self-absorbed through a lot of the film. Mm, okay. Fair enough. Um, so back to Joe falling down the hole. I mean, 
in the dark subject matter in general, death, depression, etc. How prepared for any of this was another tangent. Should chirp back. Me and you both watched it with our kids. Yeah. Uh, you watched it with Corinne, your daughter. I watched it with Dexter. That's my son. Um, how prepared for deaf stuff was Corinne? How much does she know? Uh, she's, she's six, I should say. And about, I don't know. She's got a thing about deaf. She's always bringing up when I'm going to die, when Nanny's going to die, when Mummy's going to die. But never upset about it. Maybe it's just a byproduct of being my daughter. With <laughs> Fair enough. Has she ever asked about afterlifes and things have you had that discussion no no i haven't really no see i mean she's mentioned heaven just i suppose it's been brought up to her at school mm. and uh we've always just said to her that that's something for you to decide whether to believe in okay yeah the same kind of vibe with dexter really he's he's very inquisitive he asks loads of questions about it um yeah i've just always said the same pretty much um different people have different ideas but yeah, as you get older, you'll make your own mind up about what you want to believe, etc. She didn't have any more issues with death, with it. I mean, uh, we were debating whether it was a kids' movie. I don't, there was nothing in here that was any kind of trigger point for her to become upset about. I'm not saying it's not appropriate for kids. I'm just saying it's not. It's not like a fun, happy movie with loads of laughs all the way through it. For me, it was more serious and more subject matter. It's just for older kids, I'd say. Like, I mean, have, you, have you not seen Inside Out? I mean, it has a lot of that. I have, but not for a while, and I don't remember it. Is that the same kind of vibe? Not so much death, but there's a lot of uh, dealing with being unhappy. Hmm. Dealing with your emotions in general. To the extent of this, I mean, there was some pretty... Heavy self-loathing going on. Uh, maybe not to an extent. I mean, it's a, there's that's more emotions rather than death. But uh, I mean, Pixar always seems to attempt to treat children not as uh, children, or you know, give, not talking down to them as much. Hmm. Which is a good thing. True. I would. See, I watched it with Dexter initially. That was the first time I'd watched it. If I had seen it by myself, I'm not sure it would be one I would say, hey, Dexter, you should watch this. You'll love this. It's, it's not it's not bad for him. He's, he's, he, you know, but it's not like Sonic the Hedgehog, is it? No. Or Detective Pikachu. Or... <laughs> I'm trying to think of what... Uh, surely some people got... Maybe not killed, but... There was some shooting going on in Sonic. I, I don't think it's on the same scale of uh, of maturity. Isn't that... Couldn't you argue that that's even worse for children, though, showing a bunch of violence without uh, any real context to it? The possibility of loads of people dying with no real emotion attached to it, like, oh, I'm... Sh- Dr. Robotnik's shooting off loads of missiles, I assume, I can't remember, and uh, people are dead everywhere, oh well. I don't think it even registers in Sonic that people are dying, I can't remember. Must have dreamed that scene with all the burning innocent people. (laughs) I think you might have done. But but you get what I mean, it's more fun, it's more light-hearted. 
And yeah. that's what kids want, isn't it? I think you've got to, you can't talk down to them. You've got to teach them about these kind of things. And um... <laughs> um, so yeah, Joe dies. He falls down the hole, wakes up as a little blue blob. Um, and the fact he's on this conveyor belt leading up to this big light in the sky uh, that essentially just looks like a big bug zapper as the things come closer and then they float up and it did you not notice the little spark as they get close to it no not really yeah it, it looks like didn't look friendly i, I wouldn't want to go towards it well it's all right it looked all right it looks good in 4k as well with all the particles everywhere that looked very nice but i mean you're on that conveyor belt you're going up to this light and everyone before you is just exploding. They explode. They just seem to go. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> There's a spark. Like... It looks didn't look inviting. They all seemed all right with it. He wasn't because he obviously no. somebody says he died suddenly. So mm. no, uh, everyone else was cool with it. So everybody else on that conveyor belt just they died peacefully. And at one point. There's that one part where there's literally him and there's other three people and that's it. And then he goes down a bit further and there's like hundreds of people all in one bit. That's clearly some kind of natural disaster happened at that point. (laughs) Something happened. Took out a lot of people. There's no way that many people all died at once and they were all expecting it. Unless it was a suicide pact. Maybe. Maybe a cult. The next Pixar film where this is about a suicide cult. Well, we don't talk down to kids, so if we want to make a film about suicide cults and things, then why not? Let's do it. Go, no, yeah. Look forward to Jamestown Massacre by Pixar. Um, so, yeah, he is the only one who kind of freaks out. I found it a bit strange, but he turns around, he starts trying to escape, he falls down into the great before yes. which is a place where they kind of train souls which is trains grow what are they doing well uh, yeah just uh, all of the souls that are just created are given bodies i suppose they're sent to earth to be born but they have to pass a few tests first yeah get given a personality so to speak um find their spark and they do that by visiting the Hall of Everything. The Hall of Everything. That's why I was just trying to look up what it was called. Um, which, did you notice in there any kind of Easter eggs? No, I didn't. In that room, the Hall of Everything, there are multiple items and vehicles and various things from other Pixar movies. No, I didn't mm. see it. Which implies that all the films are linked or set in the same universe in some way? Well, yeah, they've always done that, haven't they? Little bits here and there. I looked um, into it. There's a John Negroni. Do you know him? Some guy who's who started the Pixar timeline theory. If you look into that, I recommend it. It shows how all the films are linked and his theory of how they're linked and the, the portals from Monsters, Inc. being used in this and the doorways and the portals and things. And it goes into quite in-depth of what items are in the Hall of Everything. It's uh, quite interesting. Did you think 
like the look of the afterlife was uh, just kind of reminded me a lot of Inside Out, to be honest. Just abstract, surreal landscapes, especially when the pirate ship comes about. As I said, I, I've, I, I have watched Inside Out, but it was a while ago. I don't remember much about it. Yeah, and obviously the same director. Mm. It was a bit oddy with uh, make two things that seem so similar, really. Hmm. Well, they're both kind of a similar subject matter, aren't they? About yeah. finding one's personality and things. Um, and if it's all set in the same world, it would make sense that it looks semi-similar. I suppose, but one's in somebody's mind, the other's the afterlife, you think. Might give them a bit more of a, a different look. Hmm. Well, I'd need to watch uh, Inside Out again to have a better opinion of that. So, Joe gets assigned Soul 22 as a mentor. Uh, he needs to give her her spark. not been able to find in presumably millions of years because they're like the latest one that was like number billion odds or whatever and uh, she was obviously number 22 mm. she's been stuck there a long while stuck well yeah she's not gone from there so she's stuck implies uh an interest in leaving she's she's very content she's happy just living her regular life just doing nothing just existing which again like the real world so many people do you know you just one day after another survive sounds like me <laughs> sounds like most people i think which is why i would argue soul 22 is the main character of this movie it's certainly the most relatable yeah so she shows him the Hall of Everything, which we've already discussed. And then they go into the zone, uh, which is a space between the physical and spiritual realms, where we see our first lost souls of the film, uh, as well as Graham Norton's character, Moonwind. Yeah, it's very strange to see Graham Norton popping up in a Pixar film. I mean, I don't know too much about him. I didn't, I didn't think he was very big in America, really. I don't know. Of a British guy. I know he was in that um, Eurovision thing recently, but that's because he literally does the real Eurovision, the Will Farrell film. But uh, well, yeah, otherwise, I, I didn't think he was very well known in America. Maybe he isn't. Maybe he will be now after this. This will be it. Um, you heard him here first, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it wasn't for this podcast, he wouldn't have a career. Mm, nothing. <laughs> What did you think of his character? He was a right, uh, just a wacky guy for the sake of being wacky. Uh, it was fine. There was, uh, I don't think he was a, a very deep character. He just served his purpose. I mean, quite integral though. To the yeah, getting him back to the real world and all, but linking the souls seems his only real purpose like he was there for that that's quite a big part let's make him a bit wacky too to stand out again he kind of had to be wacky though to 
be that kind of hippie-ish yeah. character that's in the zone that can transfer between zones, so to speak. Right. You need someone who's kind of meditating or in some kind of zone state. It's a bit film, uh, I just wanted to ask her, where 22 says that she doesn't like music. I just wondered if you've ever met anybody in your life who doesn't like music. I, had, I know one person when I was at school, my friend Darren, he... Uh, Always used to say, oh, no, I don't like, don't like music. I never heard him listening to music or anything. Um, no, don't think so. Not in the really real world. Um, I, the only person I can think of, who I obviously do not know, but uh, he stole our idea of making a podcast, is Richard Herring. He's not a big music fan. All right. I heard him say that. Doug Stanhope actually mentions that he's not big on music, but... Brings it up occasionally. Um, oh, whilst we're on Soul Twenty Two and her sayings, she has the best line in the film, in the whole film. Can you guess what it is? No. Whilst I try and find it, <laughs> you can't crush a soul here. That's what life on Earth is for. Oh yeah, actually, uh, I laughed at that. I didn't laugh, but it's a good line. It's the best. The thing is, there aren't many moments in the whole film that are laugh out loud funny. I didn't think. Which is another reason that it's not a kid's film. It's just not fun enough. It didn't have enough lol moments. There's plenty of fun. I mean, you've got a cat. A lot of the comedy comes from the cat, like especially when humans are obviously just seeing it meowing about the place, whereas what you do in Joe's body is hearing the cat talk. Are they? Hmm? Are they? Is everyone in the... Everyone just hearing the cat meow? Yeah. I'd have to skip a load. We'll get We'll get back to that. You want about the scene with his mum? No, because she does just hear the meowing. Um, who was it? Moonwind. He mm-hmm. can talk to... He can talk to the cat. Oh, right. Even yeah. in the really real world having a full-on conversation he's in cat form well he knows though he knows he knows yeah he's wacky he's growing a lot <laughs> i no 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 gavin what's your opinion on jazz music my opinion of jazz music i love jazz well i, I say i love that's quite a strong word but i like it i enjoy it um the obvious other film which we should maybe bring up is La La Land, which I also enjoyed. I like the freestyle nature of the music. I like the jazzing. Jazzing. There's another <laughs> there's another big jazz film by, I think it's the same guy who directed La La Land, uh, Whiplash. No, it isn't the same director. Is that jazz? Yeah, yeah. He's, ja- he's a jazz drummer. <laughs> Interesting. Again, another film I've seen, I loved, but it was a long time ago. I don't remember the jazz elements. I will believe you. So Soul 22 introduces Joe to Moonwind. Um, They have a chat about how they can link souls back to bodies and things. This is the first time he's ever linked a soul of someone who has died. Um, And they do this by some kind of ritual. They open up a hole in the floor and he can look down and see his body, were you expecting him at this point to still be alive? 
I, I hadn't thought of it at all. Didn't. Well, when he, he comes back, so you think he's going to come back into his body, but what, he's in a coma. I didn't know he came back. I, I hadn't seen nothing about this film. I didn't know he was going to come back from death. So I didn't know what was going to happen. I just I was very shocked when they open it up and he's in this coma. I, I thought he was dead. So... Oh, okay, right, yeah. I guess that is a bit of luck, isn't it? I mean, if he was just a corpse and he was uh, in the ground especially, then that's, he's got, that's it for him, surely. Hmm. So, is he even dead though if he's in a coma? No, that's my assumption. Um, so, after some in the moment, I was very confused by this, but afterwards, thinking about it, my assumption is he was in this coma, he was in this state of being kind of in between. If he went to the bug zapper in the sky, that's when he flatlines back on earth. Got it. So what happens to people who are in comas for years and come back? They're just on that conveyor belt for years. Just it goes. There's one that goes in a circle, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, yeah. So they fall through the hole. Of course, there's there's a cat conveniently on the lap of him. Uh, Joe falls into the cat. Ruffle. Uh and uh Soul twenty two obviously falls into Joe. And uh thus the humour begins. Ooh. This was a point. How do you feel they were able to fall through that portal into the bodies? Because how cut earlier that other bigger hole where they're jumping down, if they haven't got the whole, uh, earth pass, they can't go down to Earth. That's different. That's them. That's them being born. This is just a loophole, a literal loophole into back into the real world. So I guess they got to have good aim when they jump down there. And he's all excited, isn't he? Because they weren't ready to go in. No, I don't think they jump in, do they? They kind of fall somehow. Graham Norton is telling them, look, come on, you're not ready yet. <laughs> what I think that was his line. Come on now, you're not ready yet. Exactly. Delivered exactly like that as well. Yeah. So I guess, uh, I guess if they'd have waited for him to do his uh, little ceremony ritual thing properly, then all that would have come out and they'd have gone into the right people. Yeah, maybe. That would have been a short film, but maybe who knows? Maybe the uh, well, twenty-two would have been a cat then, wouldn't, wouldn't she? Maybe she'd been happy being a cat. Cats have quite non-eventful. Boring lives, don't they? Yeah. They just sit there, planning the death of their owner. So yeah, um, back in, back on Earth, they now have bodies, wrong bodies, but they have bodies. Would you not be content with that? You've died. Your life is over. You're dead. And then someone offers you a, all right, you can go back, you can be alive, but you have to be a cat. Well, I definitely wouldn't be content if I was then a about to get what I thought was my big break, like he does. Mm. Point. He's trying to get back to that gig. He was, and it just seemed a bit ungrateful. He's got another shot at life. Yes, he's a cat, but he can do cat things. Cats can do stuff. But you'd be extra annoyed if somebody else is in your old body. 
be like, I've got I have a good reputation to uphold here. <laughs> I don't want anyone sullying my reputation. Yeah, I suppose. Um, so yeah, they're in these bodies and they're obviously not happy. They're not content. So they go and find Moonwind, the really real Moon. I've said really real like four or five times in this already. Um, they go and find Moonwind to explain that they're in the wrong bodies. Yeah, up Moonwind. Um, he explains that they can switch for souls back. And he has to come back at 6.30. This is what I mean by too many notes. I just wrote shit down. This just happened. It's not my opinion. It's not... Sorry? You're just writing the plot. Yeah. This happened. This happened. And then this happened. No opinions on any of it. Just... Just tell everyone what happens. They won't have to watch it then. Exactly. Maybe it doesn't matter. We've already told them to leave. We shouldn't have... Don't bother watching it in 4K on Disney Plus. Watch it in no K. Trevor Love telling you. <laughs> I'll just run through the plot. Yeah. Uh, right, so yeah, this is my note about how the how was Joe able to talk to Moonwind? It had already been established earlier that people just hear him as a cat meowing and he had to talk through 22. Actu- actually, how was 22 able to understand him? Didn't bring that up earlier. Yeah, that's true. She's human. Makes no sense, Gavin. I like it less now. (laughs) Uh, Then you get, obviously, the humorous moments of them going through their lives, trying to get ready for the gig later. Uh, The haircut, the talking to his mum stuff. Is there anything you want to bring up about any of that? Not really. I mean, it's uh, all of those scenes, especially like that barber scene is another good, uh, just showing how he's been self-absorbed his whole life because he never talked to the barber about anything to do with him. It was always about jazz, about his life. Mm-hmm. And the mother's a tough one because uh, she's seen as this character that's leading him the right way, but the whole time she is kind of like, ah, forget about your dreams. <laughs> get your job. Did you get leading him the right way from the mother? I think so, especially with the uh, uh, the end like, scene of uh, helping him. Well, yeah, yeah, she had, from that point on, I agree, but prior to that, she's a bit, just go get a job. I suppose. Being practical, you just got to get a job. Uh, what did you think of Terry, the 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 kind of accountant guy who's tracking them down and following them about the place? So he was. I mean, yeah, it's not a lot to him, is there? Really, his little storyline never really comes to anything, and he's never a massive danger to them because he gets into the real world. He like kills for a little bit. The guy from the barbershop but then yeah yeah he never really goes after uh joe and 22 anymore does he 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 does he does but talking about the guy from the barbershop before terry gets sent or goes back to earth there's a whole scene where terry is talking to two of the jerry's and they make a really big deal out don't get seen don't let anyone see you because it'll be bad 
And then he obviously gets seen. He does that whole thing with the guy from the barbershop. Nothing happens. That scene is completely pointless. I thought well, something was going to happen from it. He tells him not to tell anyone, and presumably that guy is good, good for his work. <laughs> he doesn't tell anyone. But why so was he... that scene in there? Why did that happen? It just is making you think that they, he's caught Joe. Because they keep it a secret for a little bit when they spin him round and it isn't him. So it's just a little bit of suspense, isn't it? Felt a bit shoehorned in because they realised they didn't really have a main antagonist in the film and they felt they had to put someone in. It felt a bit forced and especially that scene which doesn't go anywhere. There's no point to it. Mm. But having said that, that was a note I made before. He does have a point. Uh, he does actually track them down a bit later and he is the one who brings them back to the Great Beyond. Um, I've seen it twice now, I can't remember that bit. Yeah. Well, I, there is a bit later on, we'll get to that, I'm sure. Um, there is a bit later where Terry does have a purpose, but everything up until that is just no point at all. Um, so we get there preparing for the gig, Joe and 22. Um, and these were some of the highlights of the film for me, seeing 22 slowly start to appreciate life tasting the pizza and the the, the the guy playing music in the subway. I forget what they're called. Busker. Busker, yes. And just her interactions with people in general, the barbershop guy, etc. Um, yeah, I've just got a note here, which is what I said earlier about it feeling like it was more a film about 22 than Joe, in my opinion. Um, then yeah, about an hour and five minutes in, it's the scene where 22 finally realises she wants to live. So when she's on the step, the, 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 the thing falls, the helicopter thing, zappling sea thing falls, and that makes her realise she wants to live. Uh, she runs off, obviously. Uh, they... ah, this is actually where the thing comes in. Joe ends up running after her, uh, and they go into one of Terry's traps, which takes their souls back to the great before. So... Oh, yes, yes. Just for these, uh... He's reaching for that thing, isn't he? What is he reaching for? And he gets sucked back in. Oh, he's trying to get back down to his body, because like, yeah. 22's been sucked out, and he's like... Yeah get to my body but then sucks out yes um when back we see that 22 has gained her earth badge yay um which joe takes full credit for because he's an ass and then guilts her into giving it to him uh he then returns back to earth into his own body whilst 22 goes off thinking she is useless yeah, and she becomes a lost soul. She does. Of course, then Joe has the classic seeing the error of his ways. I wouldn't say that happens just yet. Yeah. Well, there's something before that. Um, okay. Terry is all happy because he his numbers are finally correct because he brought them back. But, but Joe never goes into the great beyond. 
and you'd think that he has to go into the Great Beyond in order for him to be able to tick it off. Right, yeah, I suppose it would, yeah. Joe, I didn't understand how he was... Because we see him later, he's doing a whole award ceremony, he's got his trophy saying, yeah, I fixed the problem! But all this time, Joe's back on Earth in his own body, just chilling out. Yeah. So he gets back, plays his show, goes home to realise that he still feels empty inside, and that uh, he was a bit of a dick to 22. But even then, he has this epiphany, even then, there's a, like a, a time-lapse scene of what felt like a couple of weeks, maybe, before he actually decides to do anything about it. I think I, I thought this was building up to him. He was going to commit suicide, I thought, and go into the uh, back to the afterlife and give uh, 22 uh, a second chance by uh, killing himself. I thought it was going to get really dark. Yeah, no. I think <laughs> I'm thankful they didn't do that. Would have been a bit, a bit much. If anyone's going to kill themselves in this film, it would have been Salt or anything. So he finally, after a couple of weeks, he has this whole, oh, okay, I should probably do something now moment. Uh, he starts playing his piano, goes back into the zone, finds Moonwind. Moonwind chooses this exact moment to tell him that Soul 22 has become a lost soul. Moonwind didn't think to try and solve the case by himself. He was just sat around waiting for Joe. He's got signs to spin. <sighs> well, yeah, but he's doing that in the real world. What was he doing in the zone? He just knows about shit, doesn't he? <laughs> Sailing around. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's this big pressing case. They uh, go after Soul 22. Uh, they find her, corner her, and then... Uh, Obviously, there's a whole chase scene and stuff involved. Ends up in the great before. And Soul 22 opens up her mouth, eats him. And this scene was probably one of my favourite scenes in the film of seeing, like, inside her mind. And yeah. this was where the real... Uh, mental illness side of it really comes through. As you see all the things that she's not imagined but exaggerated people saying to her like you see the things that joe has said to her but from her side of it like shouting and adding words idiot etc um yeah felt, felt that was done well i do think i mean as a little after this the very ending it's obviously 22 gets a chance goes off and then um Joe has kind of resided to the fact he's going to the beyond. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, by the way, we've decided you get another chance. Back to Earth. I thought that was a bit of a cop-out. You did? Yeah, I mean, there's no reason. Why would they? The millions and billions of other people die and all of a sudden, oh, yeah, you, yeah, have another chance. Well, it's, be it's because, Gavin, the Jerry's are in the business of motivating people, but it's very rare that they're motivated themselves. Motivated, I think, inspired. I don't know if a word, didn't write it down, going by memory. But this was a rare occurrence. And plus, it is a kid's film and you can't end with someone dying and being sent off to a bug zapper. I thought for a second he was going to be dead, though. Uh, Dexter did as well. I turned around to him and he was looking at me like, mm -hmm. 
Is he going to die? I don't know. Let's watch it and find out what happens. My kid was going, come on, kill him. <laughs> don't believe that. Not true. Uh, yes, she goes down to Earth. Joe gets teleported back onto the conveyor belt, leading to the bug zapper before one of the Jerry's bloody blah, blah. I'm just repeating what you said now. Um, yeah, and that, that's the end. Don't yeah. think, having discussed it, would you still say it's a film mostly about Joe? I think so. I mean, he's, uh, they both have big turns in their character, but if anything, he has a bigger one, I'd say. Yeah, but his is right at the end. Like, last five minutes of a film, he suddenly has this recap, whereas Soul 22's is a gradual thing throughout the movie. Yeah, but it's all coming from him. He's the one who's guiding her the whole time, obviously not very well a lot of it, but is he guiding her or is she just experiencing stuff because she's kind of with him? Well, yeah, and she and he's the one literally like taking her around. Yeah, but for his own for his own purposes, he's never he's never trying to help her, I don't think, in the whole film. No. I still think he's the main focus. Douche. <laughs> So yeah, that was Soul. Um, we said earlier that we watched this film with our kids. Uh, we also kind of filmed them, giving their thoughts on the film. Uh, do you want to have Corinne's be shown first, Gavin? Do you want to do a little intro? So yeah, this is my six-year-old daughter Corinne's view of the film. Here we go. <coughs> Hello, Corinne. So, what did you think of the movie Soul? I liked Soul so much. I want to give it 11 out of 11. <laughs> what did you like about it? I liked when the cat was showed up going up to the, where he was, he did, where the person said, I don't want to die now. Oh, when they were going to the afterlife? Yes. Did you like it when he was in the cat? No, I liked it when the cat was sitting like Ben going meow and going over to bed when that happened when he was in the cat. Oh, yeah. What was your favourite part of the movie? My favourite part was when the cat sat down and went to go to beyond. Oh, yeah. Oh, that little shot where yeah, yeah the cat was going up the conveyor belt. Yeah, the little uh, blue cat. Oh, and... Uh, what did you think of the main guy? Was he good? Yeah, the main guy, I loved it when Carly said, I think it might be a lucky day and he went across the road and the car said, babe, 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 babe. And they're like, wait, look for the traffic light. I'll tell you when to cross the road. Then he was like, it's my it might be my lucky day, said Carly. And then he just run across the road over to Carly's house. Okay. And Ben played jazz. Jazz. Yeah. Yep. Went jazzing. Jazzing. That's it. What do you give it out of ten? And you have to give it out of ten. You can't go eleven or a hundred like you have been. I think I should 
give it a 10 out of a 10. 10 out of 10. I want to give it a 100 and a 10, but I just really love it so much. Okay. Well, that's brilliant. Right, say bye bye then. Bye, everyone. Let's play Minecraft. <laughs> mine, mine. I got, before you turn it off, yeah. I got loads of dogs in my box. Bye. Yeah, and whilst we're on the subject of uh, kids' reviews, this is Dexter's thoughts on the movie. Hi Dexter, how are you? Amazing. What did you just watch? Soul. What is Soul? It's a good movie. 10 out of 10, I think. 10 out of 10. That is amazing. What? Can you tell me about it? What was it about? Trapped. What was the crew? Trapped Souls. Trapped Souls. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Definitely very, very dangerous. But you can make it better and turn it into a normal good one and then they go back how do you do that a very not that complicated ritual okay and then what do they turn into i guess we would call them normal souls normal souls and not trapped souls interesting and some of them only have one eye one Still not that big. It's kind of like a Cyclops. If you think of it as the eye thing, it would be one big eye, but this one is just one small eye. So what would you say that the trapped souls were scary? Definitely looking. Yeah? Did it scare you when you were watching the film? No. No? No. Okay. Hmm. Why not? They sound scary. I'm scared of them. Well, if you did see one in real life, obviously, be very scared. What should you do? Really. Well, you see one. trap them so they can't do it. So they mm -hmm. can't attack and, yeah, like a rope around it. And then just do a sun, some, what, what, a ritual to make, like, music, for example. Like, I think this must be the thing. And then mix a random portal thing where they go through. Not as a big trapped soul, though. Usually, the things were on there go off, and then it's a normal soul. Did you learn anything from the movie? No. But there is stuff to learn, since I already know that. Oh, okay. So, like what? Well, sometimes, if you just want to help yourself, the thing that you were going and you thought would be really amazing that isn't that amazing and you just feel empty. Okay. Sometimes, but if you help, then it's definitely not empty. Okay, so you, are you talking about the main character there and what he did? Well, Russian Jeff, I guess that is the main character who did... He did well do the make help himself, but then he learned to help the other one. Also, when he tried to help, that one turned into, like before, turned into a lost soul. And this one is a lot more interesting. 
and Dimfridge. How did the film end? Was everyone happy or... Because I thought at the end that the main guy was going to die. I thought he was he was dead. Well, he did go to the area what did go very short into the movie again, but then the other one went through and it's happy ending, right? Well, then most people are happy. Yeah. The one what did need to experience the trapped soul part, but now it's happy back into Earth and the other one into Earth. Yes. What's good? Oh. Thumbs up, yeah? How many thumbs up do you give it? Well, if each thumbs up is one out of, it'll be... Each... Ten each thumbs. Fin each finger equals one out of. Is it your favourite film now, then? If you give it a ten out of ten, that's a high rating. There is so many tens... One billion craziness? What... What? What am I talking about? What is your favourite movie? Probably... This! So do you recommend that other people, other little boys and girls, watch Soul? Yes! But if you... Do you think the... The, the trap souls are a little creepy? I suggest maybe being a little older before doing it. But you don't need to be too what age? I'm pretty certain. I don't fully think it's too creepy, but when it does get very close to doing that, that gets a more of an age up to probably a six, maybe. Six. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm seven, so one at age extra. Mm-hmm. Good, good. All right. Uh, say goodbye. Bye. <laughs> So that was our kids' interpretations of the movie. Um, we've also got another little cutaway from our resident man in the shed. I'm sticking with it. Um, Keir Mills. So this is his segment. Thank you very much again. Here we go. Yay. I don't like animated films. Other words spoken by people taking yet another cup from the fountain of willful ignorance. These cups come in varying colours. I don't watch westerns. I don't watch subtitled movies. I don't watch black and white films. I don't watch rom-coms. And you'd be unsurprised to find out that these people are exactly the same people that are clamouring to the cinema to see the Jumanji reboot. Consciously turning away from an entire canon of film due to an actively developed preconceived notion of your own taste is frankly bizarre. I mean, you watched animation as a child. Imagine being so backward that you were more open-minded as an infant. We all know that you enjoyed How to Train Your Dragon when you accidentally watched it. Why? <laughs> because it's incredible. And we all know that you bloody love Young Guns. Why? Because it's an awesomely quotable masterpiece. Side note, Young Guns 2. It's emotional as hell. And we all know that halfway through Amelie, you forgot you were reading. And during the raid, you didn't even bother to start. And we all know that you forget about Raging Bull when you're thinking about black and white movies. And we all know that when you start thinking about it, you find warmth in the shallow hues of The Elephant Man, It's a Wonderful Life, Casablanca, Roman Holiday. And we all know that you bloody love Clueless. 
Jerry Maguire, High Fidelity, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, What Women Want, Love Simon, Pretty in Pink, and the 10 Things I Hate About You is your favourite Shakespeare movie. If you know, you know. Westerns teach you about loyalty, about friendship, about stoicism. Hell, they're the leading learner in imperialism and suppression as well. Foreign language movies are only foreign to your mind. To an entire population, they're just language movies. As Bong Joon-ho perfectly encapsulated in his Oscar acceptance speech, once you overcome the one inch tall barrier of subtitles, you will be introduced to so many more amazing films. Black and white films are the epitome of elegance and style. They transport you to a world full of colour without the use of a single key of chroma. And to do so for the willing is an experience like no other. And rom-coms, well, come on. In a world full of scepticism, jealousy, hate, loneliness, it can be frankly awesome to endure all of that on screen with the bonus of a happy ending. And animation, well, animation can give you soul. This rather wonderfully woven tapestry of love, purpose and desire is a tasty little skittle of cartoon wonder. As police officers and doctors get younger and our football heroes are less than half our age, Pixar animation becomes closer to real life. I mean, parts of this was like watching Roger Rabbit. The world inside was nearly too real, which admittedly was a little jarring. The great beyond in the film in comparison, however, was distinctly underdrawn. A world where life's greatest complexities are whittled down to mere lines. The cast? Perfectly cast. The unmistakable squeaks of Graham Norton and Richard Ayoade. Ayoade? 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 Perfectly utilised alongside the poetic, rhythmic tones of Jamie Foxx and the hyperaction of Tina Fey. If this movie were a singular cartoon character, it would be Yogi Bear. Cuddly, warm, a mainstay in its own domain, and the sort of movie that you'd never forget if you caught it while lying on the sofa during the daytime off sick from school. But ultimately, it probably won't be anyone's favourite. It is far from perfect. But frankly, it doesn't need to be. That is life after all. The enduring message being perfect for these infectious times. Live your life. Now today, we are all limited in some way as to what we can or cannot do and have been for some time and it sucks but hell there are others that have been restricted for a lot longer just in different ways this is still your life you gotta live it is soul saccharine yes is it sentimental uh yeah is it irritatingly simplified mm, yes but as a wise woman once sang a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down go down. So, open wide. Side note, as pointed out by my girlfriend, shout out. How the hell did a cat and a man dressed in nothing but a hospital robe pay for a cab? Where was he keeping his wallet? Hmm, something to ponder. P.S. I don't really like animated films. Laters. So, yeah, we haven't seen it yet, so it's hard to really comment. But I'm sure if it was anything like the last one, it was excellent. Um, what did you think of Kiz? 
I wish he kept his clothes on. <laughs> See, I've not seen it yet, but I hope he takes them off. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I suppose we should just get around to rating the film now. Um, for me, it's quite a hard one to rate. Don't know what you thought. Yeah, I got always all right. I'm giving it an eight. It does, uh, you know, it does Pixar well. It's a Pixar film doing the Pixar thing. I do think it's it's not breaking the mold. It's very similar to Inside Out. Dealing with some similar themes. It very looks quite the same as uh, Inside Out as well. So it's not top echelon Pixar, but solid. Eight out of ten. Mm, fair enough. Uh, and is that what 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 category is that for? Your eight out of ten. Overall. That's overall just everything. What we did decide um, through a lengthy debate was just as I stated in the last podcast, um, I overcomplicate things. I do. And it, that was probably a little bit overcomplex. So we've just simplified it. Just a random number out of 10. Uh, random? Yep. Just whatever one you think of first. Just like pick one out. Yeah, we'll have that. So you're <laughs> eight. Uh, well, we should do out five and then we'll add them together. Keep it, You have to keep it a little bit complicated, Gavin. Otherwise, it's not a true Trevor oh. rating. Four out of five. See, for me, as I said, it was a hard one to rate um, because I'm not really sure what it is. Uh, I've put, it's a Pixar movie, but it's not a kid's movie. It's got heavy and dark subject matter about self-worth, mental illness, and death, but it's also got silly getting stuck in the body of a cat moments. Which you brought up earlier. It's like it's two movies fused into one. Um have two movies that shouldn't really go together, yet somehow they do. It, it works. It's good. I'm just not sure what it is. Um, having said that, I don't think I'd have shown Dexter if I hadn't have seen it. No, if I had have seen it first. So it's not... It doesn't appeal in that sense that I could show it to a child. Yet it's not a film I would watch again for my own enjoyment. So it's... It's a tough one. I liked it. It's close to being a four out of five, but I've gone three and a half out of five. So adding them together, we get seven and a half out of ten. That is the official CKFC rating. One thing left to do. Next week's film. Yes. Come on, my pick. That's a good kid. Random man. number generator. Well, I, I probably need to make that bigger so people can see it, but at least it shows up now. All right, hopefully a number will appear on this little thing. Can't wait. Okay, so. Only one last thing left to do is decide the movie for next week. Uh, we have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six films in the hat now. People are getting involved. Um, it would help if I knew where the mouse was. That's there. Yeah. So we've got six films in the hat. Uh, three of them 
have three entries each because they've been waiting for three weeks. The other three, all new entries, one entry each. So total is 12 numbers. I've got the list in front of me, but let's do the random draw and see what comes up. What number? Number eight. Don't know if you can see that. Hopefully you can. Number eight. Oh, bad luck, Gavin. It's Gavin Rye. Gavin Rye. Oh, what's the I'm film sorry. that we're going to do a watch of? Come and see. That is from 1985, I believe. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Come and See is the greatest war movie ever made. One of the most depressing movies ever made. It's all about a boy who uh, decides he wants to join the war effort and uh, he digs up a gun that he finds and basically just encounters a whole host of traumatic incidents. Brilliant. That's exactly what I need right now. I don't know about everyone else, but I don't feel down enough in this world. I need some extra motivation. So this will this will really help me out. I love a good day on a film. Yeah, well. Cheers me up. <laughs> Fair enough. So we will watch that in time for next week. Uh, if you wish to watch it, you can join us. Uh, as plenty of people are starting to do on the Facebook page, which is... I won't give you a whole address. Just go to Facebook and search for Cool Kids Film Club and you'll find it. Um, there's a link at the top of the page once you're on there where you can just suggest movies. What? Show the logo on the background. In there. No, you can't make me. Don't want to, Gavin. Do you know why? Because I don't know where the pictures have gone. I have all these bits lined up and I don't know where it is, so I'm not doing it. You can't make me. Come and see. Come and see us talk about. Come and see next week on the Cool Kids Film Club Podcast. Bye. Bye.